peeps, please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right, so now that that's out of the way, let's get into this. A group of data analysts are speaking out about irregularities recorded with mail-in voting. One America's Chanel Rion has more. Voter fraud has been dismissed by the left as a mythical fantasy, an impossibility that, even if it occurred, takes place by such minuscule margins that it doesn't matter in a general election. Peter Holler, a Pennsylvania attorney and lobbyist, tells One American News he's building bridges between former Trump campaign data analyst Matt Brainerd and statistical analysts. What they found was stunning in scale. Uh, we actually found striking uh, anomalies in the mail uh, ballot data, as you can imagine, and uh, particularly in the swing states. One of the most interesting things I, I, I could say is that is that the president foresaw this with, with great clarity when he warned people. He said, if you're going to mail in a ballot, uh, you should check your vote. The reality is he was warning people that your mail ballot might not get there. Um, we now have data, statistically significant samples uh, across the swing states, all of them except Nevada. And uh, in every one of those states, we've got an extraordinary number of people who literally their mail ballot got lost. And you may wonder, we didn't certainly didn't poll or, or sample, you know, the entire population of, of mail ballots that have not been returned. But when you get a, a significant uh, enough sample, you know, 1,500 people or so, and then you ask them, you know, did you mail your ballot back? And, and 500 of those people say uh, they did, but, but they're still showing as not having returned it. Well, if one third of the pool has mailed back the ballot and, and it's showing is not returned. When you then analyze the size of the pool and you say, well, hey, there's 150,000 uh, unreturned ballots and you're saying a third of them didn't didn't actually get mailed back. Well, that that is actually uh, evidence of widespread fraud in that state. The statistical analysis under the direction of Matt Brainerd is being backed up by phone call verification, according to Holler, across Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, and Michigan. And so here I'm acting as a bridge. I'm finding the experts. I'm, I'm spotting in Matt's data opportunities to analyze deeper. I mean, frankly, the, the anomalies are so striking, or the, the idea that, that one-third of of, of uh, unreturned ballots are actually people who return their ballots. They just never got counted. Those numbers are so big that I immediately said these are going to be statistically significant. Let me go find a professor who can actually complete this. Holler has recruited statisticians and mathematicians to further break down the likelihoods of these numbers happening so consistently across the swing states. The preliminary conclusions they have submitted thus far conclusively point to widespread irregularities, enough to alter the fate of an entire election. More concerning, says Holler, is the widespread instances of mail-in ballots being sent to voters who never ordered them in the first place. These voters show up to their polling stations and were turned away because they were told they had already voted. Holler says the data being compiled now combined with affidavits prove that widespread voter irregularities is not a myth. It is real and can be backed up by statistical evidence in a court of law. The question is, Will any lawmakers or judges have the spine to listen? Chanel Vian, One American News, the White House. 
What is going on, fam? Will the lawmakers have this spine? Ah, oh, jeez. So I thought that was an interesting clip uh, to play for y'all because they're always saying, oh, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? This is, it's just coming out like Sidney Powell said, like out of a fire hose. They're saying right there that uh, maybe up to a third of the mail-out ballots could have been fraudulent. So, and that's just in the state that they were looking at. Imagine taking that across all 50 states. And we all know what a mess, what a mess all these mail-out ballots were, especially when they were unsolicited. Who told us that this would be a problem? Hmm. Oh yeah, Trump, like 20 something times, you know, just on Twitter alone, not to mention all of his press conferences and all that kind of stuff, right? But um, it is uh, great to be with y'all. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, much love to you and, and your family today. Um, you know, it's been what, 400 years. It's been like, what, crazy, right? 400 years since, you know, a bunch of uh, pilgrims on the Mayflower went up to uh, that little Plymouth Rock. I don't know if you've ever been to Plymouth, Massachusetts, but you know, I've I went there. Um, I went there on business one time because it's, it's close to Boston of sorts, and uh, then I took the family there on a different time. And both times it is very underwhelming the size of the actual rock. I don't know. So if anybody's ever been there, you know that um, you've got like a street level sidewalk view looking down into this square cave of sorts and you have the little rock down there and it's very underwhelming but yet so significant all at the same time so anyways hopefully everybody's having an awesome thanksgiving hopefully uh, you're uh, surrounded by loved ones and amazing food i know that um you know, for Thanksgiving, it's one of my favorite holidays. I like to put my uh, my eating pants on, you know, eating pants and just uh, go crazy and just eat as much food as possible and just, you know, probably <laughs> take a week off of eating afterwards. But it's a, it's a great time to be surrounded by, you know, friends and family and all that kind of stuff, regardless of, you know, what the uh, governors are, are trying to do to us, right? Especially in blue states. So anyways, all right, so we got uh, kind of a lot to to go over. Um, I tried to make this kind of compact as possible because, you know, we're all super engaged and there's so much news out there and there's so many clips and so many different things that happened yesterday. I, I thought about going live yesterday, but, you know, I just didn't re just really didn't have the time with, with work and everything. So I figured, you know, why not hang out with people on, on Thanksgiving a little bit? So, um, yeah, I think we'll just go ahead and jump right into this after I see what Aaron needs. What's up, boy? I have I'm not worried about it. We'll do it next time. Okay. So anyways, he uh, made a new overlay for the show, but uh, we'll, we'll do it next time. We'll do it next time. Let's not keep y'all waiting. So first things first, let's go ahead and jump in a little bit to, um, if you guys want, we've got, um, you know, we, we wrote a book. We wrote a couple books actually, but uh, one is called the uh, Bitcoin and Blockchain Booklet and uh, it's free. I just give it away. So if you want Go over here to CryptoBeatles.com and then just click this giveaways and email opt-in. So what this does is it uh, you end up joining our, our email list. So that way, if we get taken down off YouTube, like hell, just like OAN, right? The clip I just played on the beginning. Yeah, you know, they got taken off of YouTube for a um, unlisted. It wasn't even a uh, you know broadcasted video because it had to do with the, uh, the Rona, right? So anyways, just go here, click that, and uh, just tell me you want a book, and we'll pick the first 10 people and mail you a book for free. Um, or if you want crypto, we'll pick the first uh, 20 people that want crypto. Just uh, put your public Ethereum address right there. You can download the Monarch wallet for free and uh, just post it there, and we'll pick 20 people and 
give away a thousand monarch tokens to each person. All right. So a thousand to each person. All right. Let's uh, let's see. Let's start this off. Okay, so I'm sure everybody heard yesterday that uh, General Michael Flynn got pardoned. So it's kind of like bittersweet. I mean, it's it's amazing, right? Because we feel horrible for him and his family and the injustice that they all went through. We know Biden is so much more corrupt and Michael Flynn was never corrupt, right? All he did was, you know, talk to another uh, foreign country when they were going through the transition period, something that Biden um, has done at least 13 or 14 times that uh, we have on the record, right? So via the Logan Act, and then they tried to say that he that he lied to Congress or lied to the FBI. And anyways, complete mess, right? You know that the DOJ dropped their charges against him, but Emmett Sullivan, the, the judge, um, you know, they just would not let it go. He would not let it go. And so anyways, Trump said enough's enough. And so um, he pardoned him yesterday. And and Sidney Powell says the pardon of Michael Flynn is solely up to the president. But given the corruption we have witnessed in the judiciary and multiple agencies of government executed against General Flynn, this persecution should end, she said. Now, I'm going to go back to Sidney Powell and why just this paragraph right here is kind of super powerful and important, especially when you look at her background. All right. She said, the FBI and DOJ have been a national embarrassment for more than 15 years. It was my fervent hope to make our judicial system work to exonerate an innocent man, as all the left would want were he uh, want were he anyone but Trump or Michael Flynn, but uh, enough is enough. This is sick. It's painfully obvious. Judge Sullivan um, is playing an evil political game with a good man's life and family. The entire country deserves better. The White House said Trump decided to grant the pardon because he believes Flynn should never have been prosecuted. An independent review of General Flynn's case by the Department of Justice, all right, conducted by respected career professionals, supports this conclusion. So even the DOJ dropped the charges, as you all know the story. Sullivan wouldn't drop, you know, wouldn't drop the case, even though he's, you know, supposed to be a judge and not supposed to be a prosecutor. Obviously, he must be compromised to be doing something like that. So Trump said enough's enough, and um, he pardoned him. Now, it's it's kind of important, I mean, because obviously we think that he did nothing wrong. Even the DOJ said they couldn't prosecute. Uh, it was nothing to prosecute. But, you know, we all wanted him to be, you know... Uh, you know, I guess vindicated by the legal system, right? We wanted to make sure that um, he didn't have to be pardoned because if you're pardoned, it kind of alludes to he did something wrong. Uh, obviously, we know that he didn't. Even the DOJ says that he didn't. But it doesn't mean that they can't still prove, um, you know, going down the road that he actually did no wrong. And, you know, even like Grassley, Senator Grassley said today that um, this doesn't mean that it's the end of the, uh, you know, of the of the evidence that's supposed to be supplied. So they're still going to keep going. And if there's a preponderance of evidence, even above what we have right now, uh, maybe, just maybe, you know, the pardon uh, won't even need to be there anymore because maybe Sullivan will drop his charges. I don't know. I'm just speculating here. But if you saw Grassley's tweet today, you'd know what I'm talking about. So anyways, happy news for uh, Flynn and family. And I'm just curious to see how much um, this is going to, you know, frame up to help out with Trump because one of, one of Flynn's tweets about or you know talking about trump was he's always been with him and always will be with him of sorts i'm paraphrasing but you can go find that tweet and you'll see that he said he's always been with trump and he always will be with trump uh, uh, somewhere along those lines and uh, so that makes you kind of think when it comes to things like the kraken and other stuff like that so and then this is from his son joseph j flynn right 
So I thought this was really interesting as well. This is the end of the beginning. Fight back for America. So this is the end of the beginning. All right. So it looks like we're going on to a different chapter in the book. So obviously his son knows something. And obviously we will too. Um, now, let's start jumping into uh, the crack in a little bit. We'll start talking about um, Trump's you know, legal team, official and unofficial legal team. And I thought this uh, clip here was very uh, interesting. All right. So this is from uh, Major Jeffrey Prather. All right, let me go ahead and play it for you. Some of y'all might have already heard this. So did you hear that? The Kraken is actually an algorithm. And then when you go here to, uh, to Lynn Wood, hold on. One second. Was there no audio? No. Okay, gotcha. Let me play that one more time for you guys, peeps. One more time, so that way everybody can hear. I got to do a, a share screen here. Give me one second. All right, let's try this one more time for everybody. Sorry about that. The CIA involvement, uh, which we've seen uh, on lots of, we've seen lots of signatures, but this is a very direct signature. And when uh, Sydney is talking about the Kraken, I have uh, people who have gotten Sydney information uh, before. The Kraken is is actually a uh, counterintelligence counterinsurgency tool that is able to track the vote switching. So it's not recorded; you have to get it uh, real time. And the Kraken is actually uh, the algorithm that does that. All right, peeps. So you heard that. I'm sure maybe some of you have already seen this video before. It's, you know, I think it's uh, a few days old. But what he's saying is this is like a counterinsurgency tool. He's saying that this is an algorithm. He's saying that they had the ability to track, monitor all this vote switching. So for anybody that's, you know, wondering, um, you know, like, where's the evidence, right? I have a feeling it's coming. As you already saw yesterday with Rudy, right? He had a ton of evidence as you saw with sydney's lawsuit last night a ton of evidence but this here is super interesting because can you imagine if not only do they back up just all the regular evidence where they caught these people in broad daylight doing all this stuff imagine if they can show where all the votes are coming from who's doing what 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 actors were involved what countries were involved who within our own government was involved this is really interesting stuff now this is lynn wood he posted, you know, Sidney Powell's Kraken is a Department of Defense cyber warfare program. All right now, what's interesting about this post is, you know, even if you don't you know, necessarily want to say that Lynn Wood or, you know, Sidney is, you know, maybe, I don't know, what's, what's a polite way of putting this? You know, maybe you don't trust what they're saying. Uh, well, Donald J. Trump retweeted this. So it gives it a lot more, you know, credibility, right? For people that don't like Trump out there. Maybe you don't care, all right? But for people that do, it adds instant credibility when Donald Trump is retweeting what Lynn Wood is talking about Sidney Powell's, um, you know, Kraken that she's referring to. So if you read through this article a little bit, and I'm just going to read this first paragraph here. I don't want to read you guys uh, all the bedtime story. But uh, right here, this is coming from the Marshall Report. All right, so the marshallreport.wordpress.com. All right, so it says, Holy Radar, that's the Kraken. 
Who knew it was the Department of Defense Cyber Warfare Program? It tracks systems and acquires evidence of nefarious activities and crimes committed by the deep state. When Sidney Powell stated she has released the Kraken, most of us thought of Clash of the Titans and cheered her on as a gusty remark. Uh, she never blinked and held a stern and serious face when she said it. She wasn't joking, and now we know why. The Kraken is a Department of Defense-run cyber warfare program that tracks and hacks various other systems to acquire evidence of nefarious actions by the deep state. President Trump and the loyal patriots in the military and Space Command now have all the evidence of voter fraud and election-related treason. This will be used against the enemies of America. So that's super exciting. That is super exciting because, I mean, you'd be able just to show exactly who was involved, you know, put it all out there nice, neat, and organized for everybody. Because there's a crap ton of evidence out there, and obviously the press doesn't want to cover it. They just keep saying there's no evidence. They just make fun of Rudy. They say that he's, you know, leaking oil or, you know, his hair dye is coming down his face. They always attack the messenger, but they can't attack the message. That's why they haven't been um, refuting any of this evidence that's been going out there. All these affidavits, all these witnesses, all seeing all this you know, fraud in plain view. You don't ever hear them, you know, refuting it, coming, you know, coming forward and saying, no, that didn't happen. Here's what really happened. Nope. They just sick the press on us. They just sick the press on those people. They just um, have them try to spin it and they just attack the messenger because the evidence is out there. And uh, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But what I thought was really interesting too is, so you have um, an official and an unofficial Trump team. All right. So, you know, that you've got uh, Rudy Giuliani, you know, you got uh, Boris um, Epstein, you know, you got um, Ella or you got uh, Jenna Ellis. Yeah, those are kind of like the the three official Trump uh, attorneys. And then, you know, in parallel, there is a bunch of other people out there doing all kinds of lawsuits, whether it's a Republican Party um, or whether it's people like Phil Klein or whether it's people like Glenn Woods or Sidney Powell or, you know, so we'll just start off first with Rudy Giuliani. Because a lot of people kind of overlook, you know, these attorneys' backgrounds. They kind of overlook who these people really are and what they've really done. So I'm not going to read their entire biographies, but just give you little snippets of each one of these people. And then when you start looking at um, Team 17, you start to look that there's there's a lot of coincidences here, especially when you look at their backgrounds and some of the things that they've done. So for the people out there. All right. So let's start off with uh, Rudy. A lot of people know Rudy from, you know, the 9-11 attacks there in New York City. Uh, but we'll just I'm just going to read off this a little bit because, as you can see, his biography is, you know, pretty thick right? All right. So just this little part here. So in 1989, when Rudolph Giuliani stepped down after six years as U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, he was perhaps the most famous law enforcement official in the United States. He left a legacy of successful prosecutors, of leaders of the New York's commission, of organized crime families, the mafia's international heroin and cocaine ring in the pizza connection case. Um, as well as high-profile political corruption and the Wall Street criminal cases. As mayor of New York, for eight years, Giuliani made sweeping changes to law enforcement policies that reduced the crime in the city by more than 50% and calmly shepherded the city and nation through the catastrophic 9-11 terrorist attacks that destroyed the World Trade Center. All right, so you got Rudy here. This guy, you know, is uh, is a phenom, right? He's one of the uh, probably the best mayor that New York's ever had. But when you turn on the media, all they're doing is bashing this guy, right? But if you look, he has a history of taking down, um, you know, really bad groups of people using like you know the Rico, using Rico stuff. So, um, anyways, so here's here's Rudy. All right, so a lot of you guys already know all this stuff. 
And then you got Sydney Powie, right? So she is part of the unofficial team, right? So a lot of people freaked out that Jenna Ellis, with her little press press, um, you know, release, kind of distanced themselves from Sydney, and they really did a horrible job of messaging for sure because it kind of split even the conservatives. You know, I was getting messages from lots of my buddies saying, oh, my God, it's over. What happened? You know, it's like they obviously have to uh, separate themselves for probably, you know, I would think that you've got the constitutional side of things with uh, Rudy, where he's going that route. And you've got Sydney and, um, you know, Lynn and uh, Phil that um, could be going after constitutional stuff as well. But mostly I'm thinking they're going after criminal. And so some of the things that they say and do. Um, they want to have, I guess, you know, rope, so to speak, to, to do that without worrying about making Trump look bad of sorts or having him having to explain what they're doing. So when you look into Sydney's background, this is really interesting. All right. So check this out. So Sydney uh, represents individuals, corporations and governments in federal appeals and complex commercial litigation. She has practiced law primarily in the Fifth Federal Circuit for decades. She has been the lead counsel in more than 500 federal appeals, 350 of them as the assistant United States attorney and appellate section chief in the Western and Northern Districts of Texas. She is a past president of the American Academy of Appellate Lawyers and Bar Association for the Fifth Federal Circuit and a member of the American Law Institute. It was from her experience in several of her cases that she felt compelled to become. So it says here, Sydney, the author, wrote License to Lie. So I'm sure you guys have heard of her book, but here's here's some of the stuff here that I think is really interesting and why she is maybe one of the perfect people for this job. It says, um, License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. After seeing a core group of federal prosecutors break all the rules, make up crimes, hide evidence, and send innocent people to prison. You say Michael Flynn? Uh, The book reads like a legal thriller, but it names the prosecutors who then rose to positions of great power and the judges um, who turned a blind eye to their abuses of unfettered power. She continues to write articles on government, government misconduct and prosecutorial misconduct conduct for the daily caller the observer the hill fox news and other outlets so anyways she has been you know privy to um some of the craziness that goes on the government right she keeps talking about rudy keeps talking about you know like where's the fbi where's the doj well she's seen some of the corruption um firsthand and so she has been a champion for people like michael flynn and um right now trump but again this is unofficial right so um let's go ahead now and look at so here's Lynn Wood. All right. So Lynn Wood, you know that he's also got cases um, in Georgia right now where um, he is, you know, he's already found at least 200,000 bo- votes that should be uh, thrown out that were, he says, uh, fraudulent, illegal. So that instantly, you know, flips the state to Trump just off this one lawsuit right here. So anyways, um, this is this is media, all right? But we know that he is the top defamation and libel lawsuit attorney probably that's ever existed, all right? So this guy knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. When he is blatantly calling people out as fraudsters, he wouldn't do that unless he had the proof, right? So um, I'm not going to read through all this stuff, but let's just say that this guy's also got some money. So he has all these, you know, landmark cases that, um, that he's done and won. 
And then um, obviously here on um, November, let's see, this is a different one here, but this is um, on November 30th, 2012, seen and covered the DeVita Inc. Medicare and Medicaid fraud lawsuit pending in which Wood is a lead attorney for the plaintiffs. The lawsuit settlement in 2015 was nearly 500 million plus attorney fees. So you remember when he went after CNN for Sandman too, right? And I, we don't know exactly how much money, but I've heard numbers like 300 million or something like that. So this guy's got a lot of money. He has a crap ton of success all in these defamation suits. And he is straight out, you know, attacking the governor and secretary of state of um, Georgia. Um, you know, it would be defamation if he didn't have the actual evidence. So you've got another guy here that um, is a straight up hitman. I mean, this guy is incredible, right? Um now, you've got Philip Klein, all right? So for people that don't know, you got um, Philip Klein has got six lawsuits uh, going in different different states. Um, he's implicated Zuckerberg. He's got a, a crap ton of stuff that, um, that he's doing as well in conjunction or in parallel to the unofficial Trump team, all right? So all these lawsuits are going all at the same time. But check out this guy's background. And if, you know, if, if some of this starts, you know, reading like a, a team 17 type background of these people, right? It's very interesting. So you got uh, areas of interest in, in teaching. So constitutional law, criminal law, torts, public policy, pro-life, legal advocacy. Um, so you got legislative processes, bioethics, the law, lawyering skills, advanced trial advocacy, evidence and experience. Johnson County District Attorney in Kansas, Attorney General for the state of Kansas. I know he was like disbarred in a few states too. Um, Cause this guy's such a, you know, he's such like a hit man. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he doesn't give up. All right. So um, authored Kansas, uh, Kansas is Jessica's law, which increased penalties on child predators, huh? Um, helped establish a cyber crimes task force, cyber crimes, hmm, weird, uh, that put over 100 internet predators of children in prison, dramatically enhanced the criminal division of the office leading to over 60 successful murder prosecutions successfully argued before the United States Supreme Court. So you know that he's been there and that's probably where we're going with a lot of this stuff, right? Um, so one key water case uh, victories for Kansas increased the investigation and prosecution of elder abuse and Medicaid fraud recognized as, so he's got all these titles here. I won't go into that. But anyways, when you start looking at his background, you got cyber, you got, uh, you know, crimes against kids. Uh, it's, it's very interesting. All the backgrounds of all these people, they kind of line up with a lot of things that we've heard in the past. All right. So yesterday, Rudy and team um, were, were in Pennsylvania, all right, uh, right next to Gettysburg, where they gave the evidence that the media uh, didn't want to cover. So the, the media keeps saying there's no evidence. You hear people on the left, there's no evidence. So what's he do? He busts out a bunch of witnesses that uh, were all there firsthand, you know, knowledge, saw fraud happen right in broad daylight. And for people that, you know, don't really understand what's going on here, Trump won in the biggest landslide in the history of our country. They stopped the voting that night about, what, 1030 in West Coast time, I don't know, 10 o'clock, something like that. Uh, no, actually, it wasn't even 10 o'clock West Coast. California, <laughs> like 8 o'clock, pronounced it for Biden with it was 0% reporting. Um, so, sorry, I think it was like a 10, 1030, something like that Eastern time. Uh, but anyways, they stopped the vote. And then uh, we went to bed and Trump's massive leads all over the country dissipated. All right. They dissipated all over the place, especially in, in battle, you know, battle states and swing states. So 
um, since then, there's been all kinds of evidence coming out showing that this thing uh, was rigged. But the press and the left keep saying, there's no evidence. You don't have any evidence. You've lost all these cases and all this stuff. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, Trump hasn't lost, you know, like really any cases. He's going through the process. So um, what those other cases weren't Trump's. Those other cases were um, you know, like Republicans or Republican parties, things like that, organizations. And a lot of those got dropped because they actually had the lawsuit before the election. So it lacks standing. I'm not an attorney, but anyways, they basically sued before, you know, the crime had happened. So they got dropped because they had to do it after, um, after, you know, the election, not before it. So most of these lawsuits were filed prior to the election. So they got dropped for, uh, for lack of standing. So anyways, with Trump's, you know, you can see they just been chiseling away. And so they're getting to the right places. They're getting in front of the right people. Just like yesterday here in Pennsylvania, they got out, they explained their evidence. They had their witnesses come out and explain what had happened. Um, and it was just so blatant because of this huge tidal wave that Trump had. They had no idea that they were going to have to make up that many votes. When you look at things like um, Dominion, like when Sidney Powell was talking about Dominion, um, just instantly creates 35,000 votes, you know, for Democrat, you know, politicians. Um, so it starts off like, <laughs> you know, like free money, right? They've already got, you know, a, a big, uh, you know, surplus of votes just like in local elections, right? It's just like in local elections. They had no idea how much, um, how, how big the voter turnout for Trump was going to be. And so these guys were just blatant about it. They were just out there in plain sight, just, you know, filling out ballots and, you know, taking, um, you know, taking those little um, USB sticks that go into these Dominion machines, like, um, and just doing all kinds of weird stuff with them. It looked like they were, you know, increasing the uh, the votes. Uh, 47 of those uh, USB sticks are missing. We know that in Philadelphia, uh, before the election, the laptop and the, um, the USB sticks that had the, the uh, security credentials were stolen. And so at that point forward, the entire election in Pennsylvania was completely, you know, it just should have been stopped right then and there because it was compromised. They had stole all the ways to hack it. All right. And then you have all this, this evidence coming out that Dominion is uh, counting votes in all these different countries and that they can change the votes right there on the fly. You could push Trump and on the back end, it's saying Biden, all this type of stuff that they're doing, trying to, you know, and then all these these ballots that, um, you know, they're running through the machines eight, ten times, um, you know, printing printing new ballots, um, just marking them just for Biden because they're in such a scramble trying to make up for all these these votes that they have to um, they have to come up with to to get uh, Biden in the lead. And so you have all these witnesses saying this stuff. And they keep saying, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? But they don't ever want to play it, right? They don't ever want to listen. They don't want to look at the affidavits. They don't want to listen to the witnesses. But this this clip here, I'm sure y'all heard it already because it came out yesterday. And I watched the entire hearing as I was you know, driving around, you know, listening to it. I had meetings and things and I was I was listening to it and I thought this was pretty interesting. So for the people that haven't heard this yet, this here is just another glaring, you know, in your face type, um, you know, fraud that... <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to explain it. And even the mathematicians will say the same thing. So here, let's check it out real quick. Normally, you would expect to see a smooth curve going up, not any, uh, not any big, big spikes. Uh, that's kind of what uh, what Greg was talking about, the, the anomalies of loading and uh, uploading those, uh, those votes. So that big spike that uh, occurs there 
is a prime indicator of fraudulent voting. And that's 604,000 votes in 90 minutes, is that right? Correct, this is uh, 300 and, uh, 337 votes, 337,000 votes in that, uh, at, in that, in that at, period of time. Yes. And when you look at this entire curve with all these spikes, can you calculate how, how, how much of a vote that accounted for for Biden and how much for Trump? Close to 600,000. I think our, our figures were about 570 some odd thousand that uh, all those spikes represent over time. For Biden? Correct. And how much for Trump? I think it was a little over 3,200. <laughs> so I'm sure that you know a lot of you have already seen that clip. But you can even hear the audience in the background. They know that it's rigged. Everybody knows that it's rigged. When you're polling the country, even top Democrat, you know, mathematicians, you know, people that, you know, run, run with, you know, statistics all the time, and that's their bread and butter. They're all saying that this just couldn't be. So you heard right there, 570,000 votes to Biden, 3,200 to Trump. Again, it's just right there in plain sight. And if you watch the whole hearing yesterday, um, you know, where they're there and they're explaining to all these senators and representatives, it, it's it's in your face. It's blaring. There's tons of evidence there. But you don't hear, you know, the, uh, the left talking about it. They just attack the messenger. They're just like, oh, you know, Rudy's old. You know, he's sweating. He's he's this. He's that. He's a crazy person. This guy, you know, has in a very Im impressive background. He's you know America's mayor. You know, this guy's you know taken down the mob. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's cleaned up New York. He was there with us through 9/11. You know, but they just want to attack him because they can't attack the message. And so what they do is they just end up sending the press, you know, to do the Democrats job rather than deny it and prove that, you know, hey, we're wrong. All these people are wrong. They just attack the messenger. So there's all kinds of proof out there. So this right here, I thought was really cool. It's a nice little synopsis for people. Um, they're like, you know, what's what's going on in all these different states? And so Kevin uh, McCullough here, he, he basically says, you know, happy Thanksgiving. And then he says, a judge has halted the Pennsylvania certification. So that's what we saw yesterday. All right. There with Rudy and Jenna and all the witnesses and all the evidence that doesn't exist. Well, that was presented and I guess it does exist. So for the people on the left, they're all saying, no, you lost all your court cases and there is no evidence. Yeah. Tune in, man. There's uh, definitely a lot of evidence and all these court cases. They keep saying that we've lost. Again, that was, you know, prior to the election. So after the election, you look at what we're doing. And man, we are chiseling away. All right. So now you've got a judge in Wisconsin has a petition on 150,000 counterfeit ballots. So I don't know if you remember that or not, but they were doing a, like a canvas there in Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, the Trump supporters, they showed up in, in mass to basically go through a bunch of ballots, to go through and audit the ballots. And I think within the first day, they had like eight tables, like eight tables full of contested ballots, you know, and they, they were just getting started. Basically, every single ballot that they were going through, it was pretty much contested because either the signatures didn't match up or the ballot didn't look right or, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it just wasn't uh, constitutional or it wasn't part of, it didn't follow the, um, you know, the chain of, of custody like you're supposed to, um, all these different reasons. And so they're already up to over 150,000 ballots. So that's more than enough to flip Wisconsin over to Trump. So then in Nevada, all right, so in my home state of Nevada there, uh, we've got a hearing. So we've got a hearing just like 
you know, except in front of Congress, we get this, in front, or sorry, instead of, instead of in front of the state Senate, we have it in front of, a, you know, a judge there in Nevada. I think that's on the third, if I remember right. I want to say it's like Thursday or something next week. But um, anyway, so he gets to present, um, again, all the evidence that they say that doesn't exist. But as soon as people start seeing it, they're like, oh, crap, this is real. Um, so we get to do that in Nevada. And one of the things you're going to notice, too, is the judges that throw this stuff out, you know that they've been compromised. Because, I mean, if, if you have the evidence and you can show it within, you know, without any kind of reasonable doubt, and you know that it's you got the witnesses, you got the affidavits, and they still throw it out and they don't want to listen. Obviously, this is going to the Supreme Court, but it's kind of showing us along the line or along the way, I guess, just how corrupt our our government's gotten, our judicial process, you know, or people in Senate, people in the Congress, you know, just you know, the DOJ, the FBI. I mean, you saw the uh, the special operations that was just created, right? So you got Miller in charge of that. And you've got um, Ezra Cohen-Watnick there um, underneath him as a secretary. So I'm wondering when that's going to get activated. When is that going to get activated? I did a video on that last time I showed you guys and told you we could speculate till the cows come home on it. So I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of, you know, what all it could mean and how it could end up replacing agencies or, you know, even um, cleaning out agencies. I mean, I mean, there's so many things that it, it could do. And we know that it was one of Kennedy's, um, you know, goals that he had, but never got to uh, never got to implement. So special operations under Miller, that is, it streamlines things for sure. I just wonder how that's going to be deployed, um, you know, in, in the coming, in the coming weeks, month, months. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see that for sure. Then you've got a judge in Georgia that granted expedited review. All right. So you got the expedited review there in Georgia, which was, uh, that was Klein, if I remember it. No, sorry. That is uh, not Klein. That is, um, is Wood. That's Lynn Wood. All right. So Lynn Wood got the expedited review. That's where he's called out the secretary of state. That's where he's called out the governor. Uh, that's where Sidney Powell just um, unleashed the Kraken, right? That's where she just dropped her lawsuit last, last night um, in Georgia. She also says Michigan, but I haven't seen the lawsuit in Michigan. And when I read through the lawsuit last night, I was going to go through it um, in detail with you guys today and gals today, but I was able to find uh, some pretty good summaries of it. So I'll uh, just kind of burn through those really quick for you. So that way you kind of know what the 104 page document actually says uh, without having to read it and comprehend everything. It's kind of a nice little summary. And then I'll actually go to, I'll, I'll read like the last couple pages of it, um, of the summary. So that way you can see what remedies um, she's asking for and basically the claims that she's making uh, that are all backed up with affidavits and evidence. So they keep saying, where's the evidence? Well, why don't you pick up the lawsuit? This here is one of her exhibits that um, I also think is very, um, it, it's, it's, it's important because this shows that the Dominion system has servers that are collecting our votes, which is in direct violation of the 2018 executive order that Trump came out with, where he says there couldn't be foreign interference. Yeah, well, there definitely was foreign interference. So you can go through this right here, but you can see that this is, um, he's a 21-year-old that um, he says, I am over the age of 21. This guy's a white hat hacker, all right? So he says, I'm over the age of 21. I'm under no legal disability, which would prevent me from giving this declaration. I was an electronic intelligence analyst under the 305th military intelligence with experience gathering SAM, Missile System Electronic Intelligence. 
Um, so I have extensive experience as a white hat hacker used by some of the top election specialists in the world. The methodologies I have employed represent industry standard cyber operation toolkits for digital forensics and OSINT, which are commonly used to certify connections between servers, network nodes, and other digital properties and probe network system vulnerabilities, right? So he, he, go, he goes through this a little bit more right here, and then he talks about how as he's going through this, he's showing you how everything's working here. And then boom, he actually shows where this here is going to Belgrade, right? So the public scan showed that the direct connection to the group in Belgrade is highlighted below. So for people trying to figure out what this means, this means that the Smartmatic servers, all right, are, are communicating outside of the United States right now in Belgrade. And then in the next one, you've got um, this one here, I believe is in Iran, right? So inputting the Iranian IP into uh, Robtex uh, confirms a direct connection into the Edison research host from the uh, perspective of the Iranian domain also. This means it is not possible that the connection was undirectional reference. So right here, he's telling you that, you know, our votes being cast are also going to Iran. So we already know now that the servers are compromised. This is in complete... Um, you know, this is uh, completely, you know, in, in line with what Trump was against when he created his executive order in 2018. Um, they also show here that um, you've got uh, Belgrade, Serbia, you got Iran, China, Canada. So this is just four four things right here that it talks about these these banks and it talks about um, this Chinese domain. So all these things right here came in one of the exhibits, all right? So this is exhibit 105. This was in the Michigan filing. So I haven't seen the Michigan filing yet. I saw the Georgia, right? I think I saw, yeah, it was Georgia. So anyways, this is uh, one of her exhibits. So that's that's really powerful. So here is a, uh, a quick, um, you know, synopsis of the 104-page uh, document, all right? So this is um, Harmit Dillon, all right? So it says... I've read the lawsuit by Sidney Powell's organization. It contains many allegations familiar to those following these legal challenges with two big themes, numerous irregular, irregular, <laughs> irregularities in vote counting based on ad hoc law procedure changes, uh, including putting ballots in the wrong stacks in mass, pre-printing ballots that were pristine and unlined, so just to understand what that means, that means that these ballots right, were printed, they were never folded, they were never put in an envelope, they were never sent out to somebody, they were printed there on site or brought in from someplace that already were marked for Biden. So how is that possible? Blocking Republican observers from vote tabulation tables. Well, that makes sense if you're going to bring in a bunch of fake ballots. You can't have Republican observers there, right, to, to watch it. Uh, counting votes after the so-called pipe burst election night. Even though there were no representative observers. And then we find out later that pipe burst was a toilet overflowing um, and more. And the second big theme is that the Dominion uh, voting machines are easily hackable and experts have written scripts to show how one can manually manipulate vote tallies after setting so as to put more ballots into a question pile and then just delete them. Huh. Imagine that. So you've got a uh, you know computer system that you're used to. It's Windows 10. Um, you could have a whole bunch of ballots, a whole bunch of votes on your screen, and then you just drag and drop right into the garbage can. Or you drag and drop Trump to Biden. Huh. All right. So then you got uh, these are serious allegations and maybe the evidence, some of it um, filed and some of it under seal provisionally will persuade. Either these big themes would be enough to change the election results given the narrow margin for Biden. To me, the easiest way to reach that 
Uh, goal was something much simpler alleged in the complaint at paragraph 121 that thousands of specific um, identifiable voters cast ballots after they moved out of the state as evidence in their registration in a national database and may even have cast votes in their new states also. So, um, you know, right there, so you've got voters that either aren't living in the state anymore or maybe they voted in multiple states. We've heard about this. We've, we've got evidence that's being uh, shown that you've had people that, um, you know, were voting in, in multiple states like we have in Nevada. You've got people that uh, don't even live in the state that are voting in that state. You've got people that are dead. You have supposedly uh, there's millions of dead people voting. Crazy, right? Who would have thought? Millions of dead people across the United States voting. Um, and they've got the proof of this. So they have proof of dead people voting in multiple states. They have proof that um, people that don't even live in the state are voting. They've got um, a whole bunch of anomalies where they have people that are uh, considered, um, you know, confined to their homes, like in some of these states that we see, I believe Wisconsin is one of them, maybe Michigan as well, where they have this, you know, every year there's like maybe 10 or 20,000 people that vote that are considered confined to their home. And this isn't for Rona reasons, right? This is just, you know, like maybe they can't leave their home. Well, this year, yeah, like over 200,000. So a lot of people there um, are saying that they can prove that that is fraudulent as well. So what I'm getting at is through all these different things, through Dominion, through these these ballots that uh, weren't verified, there was no transparency, there was no chain of custody, all these different things, you know, the, the, the voters that don't live in the state anymore, dead voters, there is so many ballots that are going to get thrown out. So many. Trump still wins in a landslide. But um, he doesn't, you know, we're, we're never going to know exactly how many votes he got just because of the uh, the rampant fraud, right? We're never going to know. Like, I really think he got over 100 million votes. But um, again, it's going to be impossible to prove because so many drag, drop, delete. Um, you saw people, you know, tearing them up. You saw people burning them. Um, you saw that opening video where a third of the ballots, you know, potentially a third of the ballots, maybe even across the U.S., never even got counted for Trump, right? I mean, what about the others? So maybe the others counted, but the third, you know, they just threw out. I don't know. Then you hear about Dominion where they're um, every time you push Trump, not only could it just go to Biden, it doesn't really matter who you vote for using these machines, but they were talking about how they would use a weighted scale. So like a Trump vote would be like 0.75 and a Biden vote would be like 1.25, right? So you've got that and then you got gem software that could, you know, put these little decimal points, you know, behind the actual votes and kind of like an office space steal where they think that they're going to be getting fractions of fractions of pennies from all these different transactions, but it ends up being a crap ton in the end. Same type of stuff. So there's all these, all this evidence, all this evidence that this stuff exists. And, uh, and so many witnesses, even people that were part of the fraud, even people that were part of the fraud. You saw that yesterday, you know, under subpoena, they'll come out and testify that the uh, Democrats put them up to this stuff. You got people from Dominion that said that they, they were part of this stuff. So people keep saying there's no evidence, no evidence. Yeah, I guess it's uh, something they don't want to see. They just kind of turn a blind eye, right? When you look at Sidney Powell's background, she talked about all the judges, all the people that just kind of turn a blind eye. Well, that's what they're doing here at all this evidence. So here's another um, really quick uh, synopsis of the 104 pages. It says, uh, Dominion and Smartmatic voting machines being created to help Hugo Chavez win his election. So if you remember Hugo Chavez, he lost an election, right? But they did a recount and they did the recount using Smartmatic where he went from 40% of the vote to 60% of the vote, right, initially. So then they did a recount, and then guess what? 60-40 in his favor, and he never lost an election since. Um, 
All right, so Venezuelan whistleblowers direct testimony about the two systems, including Chavez's requirements that the software would hide vote manipulation from audits. So even when you're auditing the system, you know, they could totally manipulate things and what you think you see, you really don't. It's not really what's there. It's again, it's like you're you're hitting Trump and it's really on the back end going going to Biden. But on the front screen, it shows that, you know, all these votes are for Trump or for Biden. But then when it goes, you know, to wherever they're, um, you know, whether it's Frankfurt, uh, Frankfurt, Germany, or wherever it's at, they're able to manipulate it there on the back end. So what you see is not what you get. All right, the computers were also connected to the internet so that manipulation could occur from remote locations. Again, all these voting machines are not supposed to have any kind of internet connection because you know that they can be hacked. All right, well, they're plugged in. All right, so and then in remote locations, you know, again, that's against the executive order from 2018, where Trump says, you know, basically, you can't have a foreign interference. Well, if you're in Frankfurt and they're in Spain and they're in uh, Canada, that's foreign interference. Governor Kemp and Secretary of State Raffensperger um, and the Georgia Board of Elect Elections hastily bought Dominion voting system software and hardware despite warnings. So they were told that there's all kinds of flaws with Dominion voting systems. We know Texas, you know, wouldn't allow them, uh, but they did it anyways. And that's where Lynn Wood is attacking both of these people, saying that Kemp and Raffensperger or their family got uh, financial benefit by putting the system in place. All right. So he called he calls them out right there on Twitter. You can read it. Uh, Governor Kemp gave guidance, presumably using covid as justification to election officials to ignore the state's strong, specific statutory voting safeguards for absentee ballots. So he's using covid. And we've heard that from the beginning that um, they're using the Rona to basically steal an election. That was their plan from the very beginning. Right. So we got numerous uh, eyewitnesses testified that they didn't verify signatures, check security envelopes or allow challengers to observe the count. All right. So all that stuff is unconstitutional. It goes against the guidelines for all these election uh, procedures. You have election procedures in every state that goes against all of it. So just right there, the whole thing should be thrown out. Right. Um, they also allegedly destroyed documentary evidence that the law required them to retain in connection with mail-in voting. All right. So destroying documents. Huh. Okay. That doesn't sound like anybody we know, Hillary Clinton. Um, so you lied about a massive leak at the state farm arena that required them to shut down the count. Again, that was like a toilet. Um, and so they shut down the count because they had to figure out how many ballots they had to inject to get Biden on top. Uh, China and Iran spied on the election, possibly manipulated. All right. So you've got uh, the proof there from the uh, White Hats and possibly from Kraken. It's going to show um, all this information here as well. Then you've got Eric Coomer. And I'm sure that you heard him. He is the uh, vice president. He's one of the head software engineers for uh, for Dominion that uh, also owns a bunch of patents. He said that he made sure that um, Trump wouldn't win. He made sure of it. He called him a bunch of names, too. And you can read his little communist manifesto type thing that he put on Facebook that he deleted. And pretty much everything about him has been deleted. Um, but um, you can still find it um, on some of the archives. All right. So anyways, you can see this guy that had, you know, the means and the opportunity to change the vote um, said he would said that he said that he ensured that Trump wouldn't win. All right. So then you got uh, almost 100,000 absentee ballots in Georgia were recorded and requested um, and were included in the vote count, except that there's no record that they ever returned to county election boards. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Then agents of China and Iran access the computers. Huh. Again, there's that EO from 2018. Let's see. Uh, we got Biden uh, allegedly won the state by 12,670 votes. 
if proven, the allegations and the complaints show that at a minimum, you know, Trump lost almost 100,000 votes due to the alleged fraud. Because this number exceeds Biden's alleged margin of victory, it requires that the election be put aside. So there's all these different things that she has in her lawsuit. And that comes from a We the Inevitable. Thank you. So this here is Sidney Powell's request for relief. And sorry, I like to go fast. I told you guys this, that I like information coming at me really quick. I like a lot of data. And so anyways, for the people to say, oh, there's no evidence, no evidence. There's tons of evidence, tons of affidavits, tons of eyewitnesses, tons of specialists that, you know, this is their wheelhouse. They can prove all this stuff. <clears throat> they just... Uh, keep turning a blind eye to it because it doesn't fit their narrative that uh, a guy that uh, can barely speak a sentence, um, you know, without having some kind of crazy freaking, you know, ramble or just insanity come out of his mouth, you know, like they switched on me, you know, like his, his wife and his, and his uh, sister, you know, the love of my wife or love of my life, my sister, you know, all the crazy stuff that this guy says, you know, supposedly, you know, he had eight or 10 million more votes than Obama in 2008, which, you know, got was a landmark, you know, presidency, right? So supposedly this guy that, you know, campaigned from his basement got, you know, 10 million more votes than Obama, like 10 million more than Trump. It's just, it, it's a lunacy, right? And people on the left, they know that, they know it. But the people that are complacent with this stuff that are just like, I don't care, we win at any cost. That's the problem with our country is we need to have a fair and free election. So may the best ideas and the best candidate win. But that's not what's happening right now. You've got uh, some separation. you got people that... Um, they don't care about the facts. They don't care about the evidence. They just care about uh, maintaining and keeping power and control, which is unfortunate because that's not what our country is founded on. So anyways, here is her request for relief. I didn't want to read the whole 204 page or 104 pages for you. So I'll just kind of, you know, skim through this really quick. Actually, I don't even know that it's really necessary, but because um, this is going to take a minute. And I don't know if you guys want to hear. All right, I'll, I'll skim through some of it just, just a little bit here. All right. Uh, see, request for relief. Um, uh, according Accordingly, plaintiffs seek an emergency order instructing defendants to decertify the results of the general election for the office of president. All right. So she's wanting this to be uh, decertified. You know, and then here's some of her reasons. Right. So, again, um, I'm just going to end up going right back through some of the stuff that we just covered. So um, you can find this um, and I'll put it in the link below. So that way I don't have to read all this stuff for you. But when you go through this, it'll talk about you know, what, what she wants is a, is a remedy, but basically it's to, it's to throw out um, the election and she's got, you know, the proof. And so now she just needs um, her day in court to prove it. All right. Yeah. I'll save you guys me reading four pages of text. All right. Um, here's another page that I think you guys uh, should find. It's called, uh, it's at deepcapture.com forward slash 2020. This here for more people that uh, say there's still no evidence, but they want some kind of compact site to where um, it talks about it a little bit, um, you know, just it, it kind of spells it out for everybody. This is a really good spot. Um, and it says right here, election 2020 was badly compromised. It is an egg that can't be unscrambled. But anyways, it goes through all the stuff that we were just going through. It breaks out a lot of different evidence and a lot of different facts for people. So again, that's a deepcapture.com forward slash 2020. I know, especially, you know, at Thanksgiving, you probably have some, some of your, your lefty family there. And uh, they think that this stuff is all conspiracy theory. They don't want to admit to any of it because it doesn't fit their narrative or just because they just watch CNN all day long. And, they, and CNN just calls anybody with um, any kind of counter view to their own is uh, some kind of a crackpot conspiracy theorist. The evidence is there. You can look at the affidavits. You can look at the eyewitnesses. You can look at the links to all these different uh, 
corporations, different uh, corporate ties to different companies or countries. Uh, so many things, so many things. You got uh, this guy right here, all right? So, so this uh, blockchain expert right here, let's uh, hear what he has to say really quick. Let me mute this. Here's some facts. We know that ballot projection rate dropped. We know that verification systems just got created. We know that verification systems are operated by humans. We know the, we know what the skew is of the ballots they're processing. So it's easy to see how somebody that's in the middle of that verification scheme might be, hey, I'm just gonna let these ballots through, or if they're for a side that they know they're against, I'm gonna increase their rejection rate, right? So it's that central thing opens up, those central facts open this up to a whole lot of manipulation. And the only way to confirm that is with the evidence, which so far we essentially seem to have two out of three. We know about vulnerabilities, we know about eyewitness reports. What we don't know is what actually really happened, because to know that you have to security audit the machines. Anyhow, here's some facts. So why is that important? So he busted out, said that you know they know that all these anomalies happen. The only thing that he can't really do is prove it because he doesn't have the evidence. He doesn't have the machines in hand. Well. So there's uh, several reports that we actually do have the machines in hand. And if you look um, through Sydney's uh, lawsuit, it talks about, I believe, even in there that they have them in hand. So when you have this Kraken software, when you actually have these physical machines, you know, physically, and you can actually check them, you'll be able to validate every single thing that he said there. So that's going to basically change the course of this election. It's either going to happen at a state level through the legislature where, you know, they're going to use the electorals, use the delegates there, um, you know, or it's going to the Supreme Court or it's going to end up in Congress. Uh, but if you look at like what Sydney says right here, she's uh, talking crap to people that, uh, you know, say that uh, she doesn't have any evidence. And she says, my friend, you were just flat wrong. Uh, read the Georgia complaint and exhibits we're filing tonight. Those are the ones we just showed you. <clears throat> Most of our prison population in the U.S. is incarcerated on less evidence than we have here. So, again, she's just you know stating another another point that uh, a lot of people in jail, we have the highest, I think, population of prisoner inmates based off population, um, you know, are in, are in prison off less evidence than what she's presented just in her exhibits, all right? So it's going to be interesting to see what the Kraken algorithm, if that actually comes into play, shows. It's going to be very interesting to see when they actually crack open the uh, Dominion machines, or maybe they already have, and they release that information as well, just to see how deep this really goes and who's all behind it and who has been profiting from all this stuff. Because you know this has been happening for a long time. This isn't something that, um, that just happened. And we know that if we go to the Supreme Court, we just got a little stress test. We just wanted, we, we just found out that... Um, how people are going to vote, basically. All right. So Trump's Supreme Court, you know, he's he's added with three or four people this year or you know, since his first term. Amy Comey Barrett is the, uh, the the latest. So you saw Cuomo, who basically was um, says right Supreme Court strikes down Cuomo's COVID restrictions on religious services in New York. So they were limiting how many people could show up you know, to uh, to a church, to a person's home, whatnot. You know, it was saying that. Um, Let's see. Let's get you the exact numbers right here. Well, anyways, the um, I, I want to say the exact numbers were like uh, couldn't have more than I think it was like ten to twenty uh, people in in their churches, regardless of how many people it could it could hold. Yet um, other other places had no uh, restrictions um, regarding you know how many people they could have in their their stores or whatnot. Uh, and this was an attack 
on the uh, Catholics and the Orthodox Jews. And so the Catholics and the Orthodox Jews took this uh, case to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court voted 5-4. All right, so you'll notice that um, people keep thinking that Roberts is a Republican, right? Or he's going to be, you know, voting for Trump. That guy um, seems to be very compromised, all right? Because, you know, we've we've got, um, you know, we, we have pictures of him, you know, uh, where he was on Epstein's Island, uh, Lolita Express, all that kind of stuff. People that know what goes on on that island, they're typically tied to nefarious things that are typically tied to, Things that um, you'll know, get the channel taken down pretty quick for when you start talking about that stuff. Um, and we know that uh, Roberts was on that island. We know he was on the flight logs. We know that uh, we have pictures of him, you know, hanging out with Clinton there. Uh, so we should not be um, surprised that when he's voting against, you know, the lockdowns and things like that. But we still see we got a 5-4 decision. So the people in New York there are able to enjoy their Thanksgiving, right? They're able to have their religious services there again um, because the Supreme Court won. So we know that we have the Supreme Court, and then we also know that uh, we have the 12th Amendment, and we also know that we have the Constitution. Of course, we got Article 2, Section 1. I'm not going to read through all this stuff, but you guys know how the president and the vice president are chosen for the same term to be elected as follows, right? So we know that the president and vice president um, are, are chosen, you know, through the electors, right, through the delegates. And we know that even if they're not able to um, come to some kind of agreement there, if they're not able to come to some kind of agreement, uh, Congress challenges, you know, the votes or whatnot, then it, it ultimately lies in the lap of Congress where each state gets one vote. And uh, we have more Republican states than we do Democrat states, so we know the Trump wins. So we've got the Supreme, we have, we have the, the state legislature, we have um, state courts, district courts, we have the Supreme Court, we have, um, you know, Congress, our Constitution, our, our delegates, we have all these different ways. And at the end, Trump wins because this evidence is just, it's irrefutable. There's just so much of it. And for people that say that it's still just kind of conjecture and you're really not showing anything, you can, you can watch. You know, you can watch yesterday's, um, you know, hearing there in, in Pennsylvania, you can see the eyewitnesses get up. You know, again, all you have to do is show means and motive. And they got eyewitnesses that say that they were part of the scheme. They were part of the scam. So when those people come out, then what? So even when Trump wins, and he will, 100%, even when he wins, um, I just wonder you know, how bad it's going to get. Uh, because these people, you know, aren't, aren't going to be giving up, you know, too quickly, right? It's going to get much worse before it gets better, for sure. I just kind of wonder um, how the government's going to end up changing. Our voting system is going to have to change. We're going to have to see changes across the board so this never happens again and we don't lose our republic. Um, so this is maybe, you know, the the end of the beginning, just kind of like, uh, you know, Flynn Jr. said in the beginning. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I do know that Trump wins. Uh, I know there's lots of people out there that have, you know, different thoughts and, you know, he'll be the last American president. We'll have a new government ushered in. I don't know. I can't. I can't speak to that. It's again, you can just speculate till the cows come home on, on so many of these different things. But what we do know is we have the evidence, we have the proof, we have people behind it. And it sounds like we're going to have a lot more when the Kraken is ultimately released, because it doesn't sound to me like that lawsuit was really the, the Kraken. Even if, you know, Sydney hashtagged, you know, Kraken because people are finding her stuff that way. Um, I, I don't think that's it. If, if Trump even retweeted Lynn Wood, who was pointing to the article talking about this being a DOD, um, you know, cyber weapon of sorts that we would actually be able to see what happened with all these um, Dominion and Smartmatic, uh, maybe even ES&S votes. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting stuff. And then for people 
uh, you know, the Rona. All right. So I have to be careful when we, when we talk about this stuff, because, um, you know, even like um, OAN, you know, they got their, their channel taken down uh, or not, or they got the, I think they got their channel suspended, but pretty much anybody that talks about this stuff, um, you know, gets, gets, uh, you know, their, their channel either taken down or their video taken down or, or whatever. You get the good old censorship that we live in. Right. So anything that's counter to the, to the who, right. So anyways, go to c19study.com, all right? So for anybody that wants to see this three-letter three letter, uh, medicine here, you can see the uh, all these different, you know, studies, all these different uh, cases where, you know, it worked, where people don't want to don't want to talk about this stuff. They just want to keep, you know, forcing a needle in our arm or telling us how we need to have another lockdown when the first one didn't work or... You know, oh, the, the therapeutics don't work. Well, as you can see here, so 100% of the studies report positive effects. 64 is a median improvement. 75% of the studies report positive effects. But, you know, you can go through this stuff. And even the numbers on this stuff are actually lower because if you look at the way that they did these studies, you'll see that they were compromised. All right. So this is just a cool site to check out, c19study.com. All right, because you know that I think like 64 countries use this medicine right here. It's been around for like 70 years. So most people here already know this stuff, you know, supposedly works really well. Here are a crap ton of studies, uh, 181 and 117 of them are peer reviewed. All right, just on that. So c19study.com. This here I thought was really interesting as well, because so many people are just terrified to leave the house. So many people are, you know, they listen to the news. They're, they, they think that uh, the, the boogeyman, you know, is, is Rona. And uh, at 10.01, it turns into a werewolf or something and attacks us all. Or we have to have lockdowns and we have to have curfews. And, you know, so many people are fine with just wearing a mask and just, you know, living in total fear, which is the total opposite of, of how um, us Americans, you know, were, were founded. You know, we, we're not... We're not meant to be, you know, scared of our shadows, scared of other people, scared of, you know, this, you know, this, this flu. And, and again, I, I don't want to sound insensitive. Um, I feel bad for anybody that dies, for anybody that, um, you know, that has a loved one that was affected by this. But at the same time, too, I mean, you have to know that people die, um, you know, and people die of all kinds of different things. They die of cancer. They die of, you know, heart attacks. They die of... You know, I mean, so, so many different things, right? Pneumonia, influenza, so car accidents. But when you actually look at the data and you know that the CDC had that report that said 94% of people that died had, you know, 2.6 comorbidities. And you know that the 6% say, or the 6% that died, supposedly they died just of COVID. Um, so you have that report out there on the CDC. You can find it. It's very easy to find. Shows everything, breaks it down. But this lady here. So she goes and she takes a closer look at U.S. deaths due to COVID-19. Now, I don't want to read this whole thing. I'm just going to read just a couple couple little snippets of it for you, all right? But it's very easy to find, all right? So it's jhune, all right, so jhunewsletter.com, all right? So jhunewsletter.com. Here, let me see if I can do this really quick. I want you all to read this, all right? A lot of people know this already. Some of the people there that don't. So it's a pretty good read. All right. So you got um, Genevieve Brand, uh, Assistant Program Director of the Applied Economics Master's Degree Program at Hopkins, critically analyzed the effect of, let's just call it Rona, on U.S. deaths using data from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. So that's the CDC in our webinar titled, you know, Rona Deaths, a look at U.S. data. 
All right. So she notes that 50 to 70,000 deaths are seen both before and after the Rona, indicating that this number of deaths was normal long before Rona emerged. Therefore, according to Brand, not only has Rona had no effect on the percentage of deaths of older people, but it has also not increased the total number of deaths. These data analysis suggest that in contrast to most people's assumptions, the number of deaths by Rona is not alarming. In fact, it is relatively no effect on deaths in the United States. So when Brandon looked at the 2020 data during the seasonal period, Rona-related deaths exceeded deaths from heart diseases. This was highly unusual since heart disease has always prevailed as the leading cause of deaths. However, when taking a closer look at the deaths numbers, she noted something strange. Uh, as Brandon compared uh, the number of deaths per cause during that period in 2020 to 2018, she noticed that instead of the expected drastic increase across all causes, there was a significant decrease in deaths due to heart disease. Even more surprising, as seen in the graph below, this sudden decline in deaths is observed for all other causes. All right, you can see all these, these whoop-de-doos, all right? The trend is completely contrary to the pattern observed in all previous years. Interestingly, as depicted in the table below, the total decrease in deaths by other causes almost exactly equals the increase in deaths by COVID. All right, this suggests, according to Brand, that uh, the Rona death toll is misleading. Brand believes that the deaths due to heart disease, respiratory diseases, influenza, and pneumonia may instead have been recategorized as being due to Rona. So again, it's not who you vote for, it's who counts the votes. And so if a lot of these hospitals are, are incentivized to basically say it was the Rona, it wasn't, you know, heart disease, or, you know, they basically just miscategorize things and they, and they inflate the numbers. So we don't really even know how many people actually did die of the Rona if they're misclassifying everything for either financial gain or to scare the people because at the end of the day, was this about a flu or was this about an election? And to make my point, you realize that if you drive in a car and you get an accident or something like that, um, you realize that you have like a one in 214 chance of dying in a car accident. So you basically have a much higher chance of dying going to get a Rona test than you do of getting the Rona. This country was not founded on living in fear, all right, peeps? We're not supposed to be, you know, locked down in our homes, away from our family, our friends, not being able to see loved ones that may be dead or dying, you know, people that, um, you know, retirement homes that, uh, you know, you hear these heartbreaking stories that these these elderly people are cooped up in these these you know, old folk homes and they and they can't have family visit them. Or you hear about people dying in hospitals that, you know, aren't allowed to have family visit them. Why? I mean, where did the flu and where did influenza go? It's down like 95%. So again, it just adds more credence to this to this lady's, um, you know, uh, data here that things are being miscategorized. And this is um, this is this is about submission. This isn't about our safety, peeps. This is about submission, not our safety. A lot of you already know this stuff. And I'm just uh, preaching to the choir. But for you know people that are uh, maybe over at family's house that um, maybe haven't been exposed to this stuff, they're hearing this for the first time. I suggest you look into this. All right, look into this, and it's it just the, the data doesn't make sense. They keep saying, look at the science. Okay, well, every time you look at the mask studies, you know, the ones that I shared with you guys last time, it's point, point 0.3 chance of it helping you, 
0.3 chance. So you can't leave the house or you have to stay in your house and wear this thing that only has a 0.3 chance of maybe even having a little bit, right? It just, when you look at the data, when you look at the science, it doesn't make sense. It's that simple. So um, whenever they're saying, you know, follow the science, they're, they're obviously not. They're not. Um, you can look and you can see that things are being mis misclassified. It's it's really that simple. I'm not saying this doesn't exist. Obviously, we know that the flu exists. We know that influenza exists. People used to be, you know, scared of um, pneumonia. You know, you'd go to the hospital and you would get some kind of surgery or something like that. And you'd end up, you know, catching some kind of, you know, flu or pneumonia or something like that. And people always had to worry about dying in hospitals just because of not only just death by doctor from, you know, them misdiagnosing or giving them the wrong kind of medications or lopping off the wrong foot, all the crazy stuff that you hear about. That's really like the third leading cause of death in the U.S. That's what we should be trying to fix. This stuff here is insanity, peeps. Like enough's enough. Like we, we really have to stand up. We have to stand up and we got to speak out. I'm telling you, even Trump, you know, and uh, even his kids, you know, they, they mock this stuff. Right. And, you know, a junior got it um, five days ago or something like that. And, and he's cured. All right. You know, Trump, 74 years old, got it four days later, he's cured. All right. So this isn't, this, this it cannot be enough to justify the lockdowns and the measurements and the destruction of our small businesses. When you look at the big businesses that are making record profits and all of our small businesses are going out of business. When you look at the alcoholism, you look at, um, drug overdoses, you look at suicides, you look at all these different things that are happening because of this, you know, the ends don't justify the means. As they say, the, the cure can't be worse or, you know, the, the problem can't be worse than the cure, right? So um, this definitely is, is not the cure, peeps. This isn't. Um, we need to stand up and speak out. But I thought this was a little funny. So I'll kind of I'll end on this one right here for you, right? So <laughs> a Pew study indicates leftism is literally a mental illness. All right. So <laughs> conservatives love to throw out slogans such as liberalism is a disease or Trump derangement syndrome when talking about those who adhere to a leftist worldview. Turns out there may actually be some scientific data from Pew Research to back up those claims. The results of the study, which were conducted on uh, off a self-reported poll by Pew in March, indicated that across the races and age groups, those who identified as conservative were far less likely to have been diagnosed with a mental illness by a doctor. In the youngest bracket of 18 to 29-year-olds, 45.9% of liberals said they had received such a diagnosis compared to 20.1% of conservatives. So there you go. I thought that'd be, uh, you know, kind of a good way to end it for you before I start taking some questions. So um, does anybody have uh, any questions for me? Let me know if you got questions. I'll try to jump into some of those really quick. Um, also, don't forget, peeps, to go over here to uh, CryptoBeatles.com. Go ahead and, you know, join the, uh, you know, the email list right here. Uh, if you're not following us on Parler, you know, follow us on Parler. Follow us over there at uh, Twitter. It's just at Robert Beatles. So that way you guys can stay up to date with us. Let's see what else do we got here. All right, uh, let's take a look here at some of the uh, some of the messages. All right, so uh, Tara Martin, Happy Thanksgiving, uh, Robert Nair. Thank you, Tara. Happy Thanksgiving to you. All right, uh, let's see here. Susan Ralph, communism is the pretense that this thing is not Lucifer. Uh, that's where the lodge comes in. By the time you get to the top, it's too late to get out. Yep. Let's see, uh, Susan, Satan gets in the way of your groceries, your lifelines, your roadways. He is the enabler to the addict and will call, uh, will call you an addict 
even if it is needs. All right. Let's see. Uh, Chicago Brew. What's up? So David Icke uh, has a significant interview with uh, Celeste, all right, from FEMA, and uh, she reveals what the useless Rona test um, is actually doing, nefarious objectives of Rona. Yeah, exactly. So find it at band.video, right? So very true. Uh Koro, what's up, Koro? Uh, Beatles, China, commie party is atrocious, your opinion. Look, we know that uh, socialism, communism has never worked, right? It's never worked. Every time it's been implemented, it's failed. Uh, even even our country, like uh, when the pilgrims came over, right? Uh, they were the first ones, I think, to try uh, socialism, right? So when, when the pilgrims landed, they um, had to cultivate the land, find ways to, to get food, eat, all that kind of stuff, right? And so they kind of just did this, you know, everybody pitch in, everybody help, um, and you all take what you need. Well, found out that a lot of people take a lot more than they need, or a lot of people take more than what others take, and it just doesn't work. It just simply doesn't work. So then they went to uh, basically a capitalist environment where you keep what you kill, right? And if you have something that's great and you're able to market and sell it to other people, they'll pay for your, your product or your service because they find value or a need in it. So capitalism has always been, you know, kind of the saving grace. Uh, anytime that uh, communism or socialism um, has been implemented, it always takes from the people, all right? So the people, they lose, you know, I mean, they can lose their freedom of speech, like you see in China, total censorship. Uh, you see the, the loss of private property. Um, you see the restrictions on travel, what you can say, what you can do, uh, where you can go, all that kind of stuff, right? It only benefits the top. Right. And then it always ultimately ends up failing. So, um, yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> it's a horrible system. All right. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Let me open this up a little bit more. Whoops. There we go. All right. So let's see here. Great show. Lee Worth. Well, thank you, Lee. I appreciate you. Let's see. Uh, Precious BTC, what do you think of Mnuchin? So I think Mnuchin, you know, is um, under the under you know Trump's control. So as long as he's doing what Trump you know wants, I think um, I think it's going to benefit the people, right? So we all know about the Federal Reserve. We all know about how um, you know it's just been. <laughs> you can read the creature from the creature from Jekyll Island. Um, it's uh, G. Edward Griffin. It talks about it in depth for the people that don't understand how the Federal Reserve works. But what it looks like <clears throat> is even Powell said, Powell works for Mnuchin, Mnuchin works for Trump. So, you know, without getting into a long rant about what that could, you know, all the ramifications of that is Mnuchin, as long as he's doing Trump's bidding, looks like it could be benefiting the people. All right. So let's see here. Yeah, most uh, so Space Monkey says most Antifas are mentally ill and were junkies. Look at their mugshots. Yeah, if you look at their mugshots, it's uh, it's very disturbing. They don't even look human. They look like they're demonically, you know, possessed or something. It's it's crazy. The tattoos, the eyes, all in there. They just they don't look they don't look right. Yeah, you can pull that up. Anybody that's on the left that uh, hasn't seen the mugshots of Antifa, I suggest you check it out and be like, that's Biden's army. That's Biden's crew. Are those? Uh, is that what you stand for? So, I mean, you look at uh, the Trump rallies, they're all peaceful. And then you look at, uh, you know, like Washington, you look at, um, you know, Portland, you know, you look at, um, so you talk about, uh, you know, Seattle, you look at like Portland, you look at like what they did there in DC, you know, all these people out there with these little black umbrellas and 
shields and they're just attacking, you know, women and children and the elderly. I mean, is that what you stand for? Is that what you believe in? Really? I mean, I understand Democrats and Republicans have different views, but I mean, are you really just that much of a horrible human? I mean, come on, peeps. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Problem, reaction, solution. Crypto crackhead. Yep, exactly. Uh, Joe Benton, Daniel's book, five and six, and give it a listen or give it a read. Very pertinent. All right. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Jerry Curl is the crack in a DoD system to track data over the network. Yeah, Jerry. So that's what it looks like, right? So that's what we pulled up right here. So, you know, if and this Trump retweeted this. So, I mean, it gives Lynn Woods tweet, you know, credence. And then, um, you know, it talks about what, uh, you know, Sidney Powell's been talking about. And then you've got, um, I also played a video for you here somewhere where we've got, let's see here. Yeah, here we go. So you got, you know, Major Prather right there talking about it. So, I mean, I haven't seen it, but uh, we've got the article here. We got Trump retweeting it. We got Lynn Wood, you know, tweeting it. So it appears that there could be something to it. And it would uh, basically, it would show us who was behind all this stuff. And that would be something that's very important for the American people to see on both sides, to see who the culprits behind all this were, how they've been profiting, how long this has been going on for. I think that'd be great to know. All right. So, uh Faisal Alam, uh, see, Abrahamic, Abrahamic faiths um, uh, will never align with secular Western values. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, you know, Muslim versus Christian. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, a lot of my friends, you know, are Muslim. Um, I get along great with them. Um, I own a restaurant. I own a piece of a restaurant. They're, they're Muslim. We get along great. You know, it's not like I'm cooking them bacon, right? That's, you know, I mean, obviously it's... Not everybody has the same viewpoints. It doesn't mean you can't live in, in harmony together. They've got a crap ton of employees that are that are Muslim. I love them. They're great guys, great gals. Um, but it just doesn't it doesn't mean you have to completely agree with everybody. It's, that's not the idea. We don't all want to just you know drink the same Kool-Aid, Kool Aid, have the exact same ideas, exact same thoughts, do the exact same things, like the same things. It's okay for us to have you know differences of, of faith and opinion. It's all right. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got here? Uh, Chicago Brew. As many say capitalism, I prefer and suggest free market. True. Uh, capitalism is a monster that has led us to the massive inequality of financial wealth that we currently experience. Ah, no, I think it's just having bad people um, in charge of financial decisions that have uh, led us to that. Free market. I agree. That's that's a better term, though. But uh, I don't think capitalism in itself is what's done that. I think it's uh, power hungry people that have made decisions that benefit them and their people at the cost of, you know, society. Uh, let's see here. Democracy is uh, so Susan Ralph. Democracy is proven to become an iron rule of oligarchy. Even Socrates in Plato's Republic called it tyranny of the majority or lowest common denominator. True. True story. Good stuff, Susan. All right. So what else do we got here? Uh, all right. So we got uh, Laureen Shorb. I found this. Seems appropriate. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Yep. Ephesians. Ephesians 511. MAGA 2020. Amen. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. Beatles. All right. So we got Coro, uh, Beatles and MAGA, Beverly Hills. A wall of BLM showed up in the past. Honestly, um, they are all white, big military bodies. I had a verbal with an Antifa last week. Takes everything out of you, but I walked I walked him away. That's great, man. 
one thing that I, I don't do is I don't try to persuade anybody. I don't uh, even waste my time. Like when, whenever I tweet anything out there that, you know, the, the little Twitter bots, the little Antifa bots, the BLM bots, whatever you want to call them, um, the people that just have, you know, a completely different uh, mindset than me. I don't bother trying to uh, argue with them. I don't bother bother trying to convince them of anything. You know, there's just so many people out there that uh, you just can't help. Just help the people that are willing to listen. You know, like like even um, in Solomon, you know, it says, you know, don't argue with an idiot. You'll just be dumber for it, right? So let's see. Uh, will Friday be uh, DS911? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, just saying uh, I'm watching uh, for happenings on Friday. All right, Joe. So we all know what that is. But um, I don't know, man. Black Friday, just uh, normally it's, it's for shopping. Hopefully it's not going to be anything sinister because of, you know, the date. All right. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Second wind. Uh, see, where do you live, dude? Um, are you in Deerfield, Michigan? No, I mean, sorry. I, I bounced between three different places. Uh, the Bahamas, which you know, are on lockdown, uh, Nevada, and then uh, California, but uh, primarily in, in uh, you know, Nevada, you know, a couple hours from, from California, makes it an easy drive back and forth. All right, uh, let's see, did anyone see that clip where Brennan was uh, reminiscing about his Muslim days? Yep, sure did, and he began chanting their mantra and their language, red flag for us. Yeah, I mean, again, you get the same thing with, with Obama, allegedly, and a lot of other people. Again, you know, I mean, you know, not all Muslims are bad, right? So it's it's not the case at all. Um, you know, it's it's not the case at all. But um, you know, if if they're trying to do some crazy stuff, right? Then yeah, you know, that's that's not that's not cool. And I think you can look at at these people's actions, and you can see some of the stuff that they do is crazy. But again, not all Muslims are that way at all. You know, I'm Christian, but you know, I know a lot of Muslims, and there's a lot of them that are just God fearing, great people. You know, but then you got just like anything, you got crazy, you got crazy ass Christians that are, you know, just bat crap crazy, right? And then you got some crazy Muslims. It's that way across the board in all religions. You can't just, you know, kind of block out an entire entire race or group or, you know, you know, people based on religion or color and that kind of stuff because it's across the board. There's <laughs> there's always deficits and deficiencies with with every person's, um, you know, whether. Whether um, you know, like I said, whether they're Christian or Muslim, there's always going to be problems with with uh, with people from from both from both uh, sects. Let's see here. Uh, let's see, Yuri. See, Yuri uh, said to stand with moral high ground, and did true. Uh, Chicago Brew, good stuff from many chat participants. We are so glad to know the amount of people that are aware, becoming aware, and sharing the awareness. Truth is a slow move. It is up to us to give it speed. Yeah, really, peeps, we really have to do, you know, we all have to, we all have our own part to play. That's for sure. You know what I mean? You kind of got to stand up, stand out, speak up, let your voice be heard. You know, especially when there's so many people out there that just don't understand what's going on and they're just you know, watching CNN or they're watching Fox or they're watching MSNBC and they think that uh, that's what's really going on. It's really not. Right now, we're in a fight for our republic. We're in a fight for, you know, our freedom. People don't realize that, uh, you know, with the Rona, it's not justified what's going on here. And we're, we're gradually, I mean, actually really quickly, I mean, who would have thought, you know, if I told you a year ago where we'd be today, y'all, you all would call me a crackhead, you know, crackpot, conspiracy theorist. There's no way this would happen. I mean, seriously, just go back a year. And if I told you today what's going on with the election, what's going on with the Rona, what's going on with lockdowns, what's going on with not being able to, uh, you know, practice your, your right of religion, not being able to buy alcohol, not being able to get together with your family, you all would think I was crazy. 
This is so much more than the Rona peeps. They are coming for us. They are coming for our rights, our freedoms. We have to. I mean, we absolutely have to stand up. You know, it, it starts It starts small, man. They always just take like a little bit, just a little bit to where people justify it. They're like, oh, it's okay. It's just this. Next thing you know, you're in full-on full on cuffs. You know what I mean? You're, you've lost all your freedoms because what they're doing is it's like a stress test. They're testing to see how, how long is it going to take before we actually break? How long before we actually stand up and say enough? And everybody has to you know, figure what that, uh, what that is, you know, for themselves. You don't have to be violent. This doesn't require violence. It just requires, you know, a majority of us to basically just say enough's enough. We're not going to, we're not going to follow your rules anymore. You don't even have the right to put those rules on us. You look at Gavin Newsom, you know, the courts have said that he's, you know, overplayed his hand, that he's not supposed to be able to do all this stuff, yet he keeps doing it. Just, you know, just same thing with in, in Michigan. You look at Whitmer, these people, they're, they're just doing some craziness and people are allowing it to happen. But if you stand up and you say enough, then it stops. That's what has to happen here, peeps. That's what has to happen. Let's see. Now you know why Obama changed, you know, Walmarts into detention centers. I mean, if you look, all the small businesses are, are going, they're being destroyed, obliterated by the Amazons, the Walmarts, you know, the restaurants from by fast food chains. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So they tell you, you know, you couldn't vote in person, right? You have to do all these mail-in ballots. Then the week of, they say, oh, it's okay. Go vote in person. We've, we've been played from the beginning, peeps. We've been played straight up. For people that think I'm crazy, Look, I don't know what to tell you. There's nothing I can do to, to change your mind. The data, the science is out there. You can look at it. You can look at the evidence. You can see that this stuff is not you know, justified. And we're allowing this to happen by being complacent and just saying, it's okay. We'll just wear a mask indoors in our house. And It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's how they get you, man. A little by little. All right, peeps. So, um, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's uh it's been one of those, uh, it's been one of those years, right? <laughs> yeah. One of those years, uh, we hope never, ever, ever happens again. And I think, you know, as long as enough of us stand up and we just say enough's enough, you know, this, uh, this isn't justified. This doesn't make any sense anymore. Let's, uh, let's knock this craziness off. Let's, let's get our, let's get our country back. Let's get our rights back. That's what needs to happen here, peeps. But um, enjoy your family. Hopefully you have a bunch of family and friends around you and you're enjoying uh, each other's company and the food, you know, maybe some booze, especially uh, for the people there in, what was it, Philadelphia or was it in Pennsylvania where they outlawed liquor. I think they're doing the same thing in, in New York. Craziness, peeps. Again, just little by little, man, they're, they're whittling away at all of our rights and our humanity and turning people against each other. Because, you know, if you're, if you're not wearing a mask, People think that, um, I don't know, you're, you're breaking the law. They're turning you in or you got people over at, over at your house for Thanksgiving and they start turning you in and they're, they're turning us into like what the Nazis did, man, where they have the people turn on each other. And the data and the science just isn't there, man. It's just not. Look into it, peeps. Look into it. And again, you know, check out this article here. Uh, this is a really good one. All right. So I'm going to put it here in the little thread here for you. It's right here in the, in the comments. Sure y'all check that out. Share it with your friends and family. Uh, let's see. Uh, crypto Crackhead says, I got mad respect for Crypto Beatles. Wow. I love you too, man. Appreciate you, brother. So anyways, peeps, enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your holiday. You know, have a great time. Um, you know, enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy the food. 
So love you. God bless you all. Have an awesome Thanksgiving. And we'll, uh, we'll do another one of these, you know, probably in the next few days. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, we've actually got a bunch of people coming on. All right. So a bunch of people coming on. So that way you can hang out with them as well. I almost forgot. So we have uh, methods. All right. So methods will be um, here on Monday. All right. So we'll have methods on Monday. Uh, Wednesday, we'll have just informed. All right. So we'll have just informed on. Uh, Friday, we'll have woke societies on. So we'll have at least three, uh, at least three live streams next week, all somewhere between like two, three o'clock in the afternoon, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so again, that's uh, methods on Monday, just informed on Wednesday, woke societies on Friday. And then on Friday, I think I'm going on uh, Red Pill Society. I think that's what it's called. So Red Pill Society. So we've got a busy week next week. So you'll have some content and uh, more viewpoints and uh, more information because I would imagine there's going to be a lot more stuff that's going to be coming out here shortly. So we definitely have some exciting times ahead of us. But again, don't freak out, peeps. Trump wins thousand percent. So, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. All right. So there is that. There is that. Anyways. All right. Enough of my rambling. Love you, peeps. God bless you. And I will catch you on the next one. Hey, peeps, just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beetle shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is the co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading New Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. Please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. God bless you. Love you. And I'll catch you on the next one.